My name is James Acton of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, uh, and I'm talking today uh, with Laura Grego of the Union of Concerned Scientists, and we're going to talk about a missile defense test that occurred uh, last week. Um, and so this test uh, was, is a new type of uh, interceptor, the standard missile 32A. Uh, it's going to be deployed on ships. It's going to be deployed uh, in Europe. Um, and uh, it was, uh, you know, for a long time, the U.S. explained that this was primarily uh, for defending against shorter range missiles, uh, but it was just used to intercept an uh, intercontinental ballistic missile type target for the first time. Um, so, Laura, I think you're going to tell us about what we actually know about the test and how we know about that. Yeah, so um, there was an announcement this test was successful. Uh, it was the first time a ship-based SM-32A was tested against an ICBM range target. So that was um, uh, the the target was launched from Kwajalein um, towards essentially the the Pacific northeast of Hawaii, where a U.S. Aegis ship was waiting. Um, we know some stuff about it because you can see that they have to clear out the the. Um, they send out a notice to mariners to clear out the area underneath where this test is happening. So you have a, a pretty good idea of the range of the of the test. Um, and you can see what sensors were put in place um, to kind of get an idea of what happened. So um, I think this was basically sort of a bare bones test. There mm -hmm. weren't, um, you didn't really see a lot of radars. You didn't see any evidence of countermeasures. This was really a sort of a proof of concept to say, can this system engage um, an ICBM range target, which it hasn't been before and it, and it wasn't designed to do. Um, so this is something that Congress mandated, wanted to get a sort of a, a proof that the system could actually do this. And, you know, I, I I think your point about this being a demonstration is really significant because, you know, on the one hand, the technical person in me, or at least the formerly technical person in me says, ah, this wasn't such a big deal. But like the political person in me says, this was a huge deal. Um, you know, technically, um, there are, you know, this, this capability is being designed against, fundamentally against North Korea. Uh, and the idea is that you could move these ships to the U.S. coastline and have them defend uh, the U.S. As, as, as an extra layer of missile defense against North Korea. And, you know, as Laura said, like, you know, as you said, there's no, uh, this test wasn't done with countermeasures. An actual ICBM traveling from North Korea to the United States would be going faster than uh, the missile used in the test. There's operational challenges with, 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 with keeping these uh, ships by the US coastline or getting them there in time. So there's lots of technical reasons why, you know, I'm kind of skeptical how much sense it actually makes against North Korea, but, you know, maybe it does, but certainly not against Russia or China. But, you know, from their perspective, I think this is a, this is a, uh, um, you know, it's a demonstration that you can't undo. You know, once they have seen this capability be used against uh, 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 an ICBM, um, you know, it is a it, it, it is a demonstration of a capability that they're always going to have to reckon with going forward. Um, so what do you think, Laura? I mean, what do you think our best options are going forward now at this point? Yeah, well, so going back, I think you're right. There are two important points you made. One, one is that, you know, a, a mature adversary or even one that, you know, can build an ICBM and a nuclear weapon has a lot of options to counter a missile defense decoys and um barrage attacks and all sorts of things that make 
make the defense very difficult. And, and that's why um, the U.S. is trying to bring in this extra layer of defense, because it's normal you know, it, it, it's system that is designed for homeland defense. The ground-based mid-course has been struggled mm-hmm. to be successful. So this is an extra layer. They call it an under layer. So that's, I mean, that's why this was. Um, the, 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 the reason this is particularly concerning is, of course, is because this system is, the Aegis system is mobile. So you can put them, as you said, wherever you want. If you decide that you want to bring them towards the coast and you move the ships there, you could build um, Aegis ashore in the U.S. to defend the U.S. against long-range attacks. And um, the numbers here are, are the thing that's, that's incredibly important. So not just the the sort the the flexibility you can move them. You don't you're not ha- don't have to dig silos. You can move them where you want to, but also the idea that there are many. The plans include hundreds of these interceptors, and that becomes a concern um, for countries, especially China, which has a relatively small number of missiles that it relies on for its nuclear deterrent. So um, I think that in order to secure, you know, constant nuclear forces and and not see uh, Russia, especially China, sort of increase sophistication and and make their nuclear arsenals bigger, I think nuclear, I'm sorry, missile defenses have to come into the arms control discussions from now on. I agree with that. And I just say in the last 20 seconds that with Russia, um, it's much more difficult for interceptors placed in Europe to catch Russian ICBMs than those that are much further back. And so with Russia, I really think, you know, as a first step, we should focus on uh, transparency of capabilities for these European based interceptors. Uh, And with that, it was great to talk, Laura. Great. Thank you.